when I went into outside sales and I was out networking, I started meeting all these driven, positive and collaborative type women. I was like, yes, I found my people. This is episode number 21 with sales strategist, founder and executive director of Impactful Women Northwest and Impactful People Northwest, Erica Laws. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Erica Laws has been in consultative sales and management for over 22 years. She has rounded out her sales experience to every facet of consultative environments, from retail, direct-to-consumer phone sales, to outside business development. She specializes in helping people learn or improve their overall sales process by personalized one-on-one coaching. She loves helping people by positively holding them accountable and uncovering the areas of opportunity for targeted development plans. She enjoys being the mirror for agents to see what their strengths are and where they can use some new skills, motivation, and encouragement. Erica's main focus is teaching people how to combine the skills they have with the best practices in the areas they may be lacking, creating a consultative value-based sales process. Erica loves spending time with her husband, her 22-year-old son, family, and friends. She also runs a networking and personal development group called Impactful People Northwest. She loves helping people improve their lives and feels you only live once. So why not live the life you love? Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up and please help me welcome the mother hustler mothering the world this week, Erica Laws. Welcome, everyone. This is the Mother Hustler podcast, and we 
are so fortunate today because we have the amazing Erica Laws and uh, local celebrity that is. Hey, Erica, thank you for having um, the grace or giving us the grace of your presence today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be on your show. I was super flattered. Are you kidding? No. You are, you are a mother hustler. And I know Donovan, your son, is, you know, there's some moms that says, well, uh, do I qualify to be in your show when my kids are already big? I'm like, yeah, because they're still your kids and you have different sets of issues just because little ones are very dependent and maybe the, the bigger ones or the younger adults are self-sufficient physically, but they still have issues that needs mom, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are still, still well, you'll never end that motherhood. That is always going to be part of you. And they're always going to look up to you as that mom. Yeah. So, well, take us through, because I know Erica Laws through, you know, heavy, heavy networking. She's the queen of networking and really good at it. She's a sales coach, really good at it. But I don't know a lot of the personal side of you. So we're going to get a little bit personal as far as you would allow me to go. Okay. Tell us about, you know, your childhood, your relationship with your mom. How was that and how is that shaping you in the woman that you have become and the mom that you have become today? Ooh. Gosh, you don't do these pre-recorded questions where I have time to think and prepare. <laughs> this is what I like, Candid. I, I like it. I'm fine with it because you know what? I'm good on the fly, so this works out well. Um, awesome. And I think about it a lot because... <laughs> I feel like your past truly defines who you are, right? Exactly. And so you get to uh, kind of look back at those things and have it mold you mm -hmm. and where it's going to go. So, gosh, so when I, I grew up in Portland, so that's fun. Um, grew up in Portland and went to Reynolds High School, so don't judge me, just playing. Reynolds is great. <laughs> My husband went there. <laughs> who did? My husband. Oh, what year? 91. Okay. Yeah, I was there 92 to 96. We're going to have to talk about that offline. Yes. And uh, graduated there and uh, had a lot of really good, diverse friendships in uh, school. Uh, I was very um, mixed with who I kind of hung out with and uh, grew up with my sisters. I was always the oldest, so my sisters are six years younger than me. Mm. And uh, my parents are still together. Uh, we grew up in apartment complexes. So um, it was a single earner family when I was young. Mm, got it. Yeah. So my mom basically was a stay-at-home mom until my sisters came along. And uh, that was great. So I, for the first six years of my life, I pretty much had my mom at home. Wow. And then my mom went to work. Um, for part-time, you know, obviously when you have five people in the family, uh, you've got to be able to make a little bit of income. So dad worked full-time, mom worked part-time, sisters, myself. I spent a lot of time with my sisters because, you know, if my mm -hmm. mom was working part-time or yeah. 
um, whatever happened there, I would play with my sisters. Uh, they kind of followed me around everywhere and wanted to hang out with my friends. And I was like, it was cool. Times. And then other times I was like, um, find your own friends. <laughs> I know that's very typical. Yeah. And it was great because I really developed like this second mommy mentality. Wow. Um, really young. Uh, my sisters, like I said, I was six years old when they were born and they were preemies. Mm -hmm. so wow. Two months premature. Wow. And they were in the incubator for like three, all those months they were in the incubator. So I was kind of like always worried and they were only like wow. two pounds. So they're really small because they're twins. Oh, they're twins. Okay. Yeah. yeah so they're wow. twins. So I got to help my mom because I was home and I was little and, you know, there were two of them and you can imagine uh -huh. two boys, you know how that can get. <laughs> <laughs> so I developed, like, I would say being a mom is being a leader, mm -hmm. whether you're good at it or you're not. You do the best with what you know. That's so true. And um, that's kind of the way I started out, mm. um, doing the best I could as a sister. And it wow. was good, you know, there was some struggles just because, again, they're six years younger. Um, but it was great because I was always the independent one. You know, I kind of did things on my own tune, you know, always, you know, out there trying to fit in as a teenager and still be able to help, you know, with the, my sisters and, you know, I did mm. drama and acting. So I, I, wow. Yeah, I was a thespian. I even have the beanie. Wow. And uh, that kind of helped me open up a little bit. So I was never wow. really shy by any means. <laughs> I don't know, crazy. Um, and I was always very take, take uh, action type of person. Uh, and I think that came a lot from helping raise, you know, helping with my sisters. So that was kind of the start of being a, leader and then getting into acting and uh, when I was a freshman uh, played basketball in middle school um, wow we were on the um the b team which really meant some of the <laughs> girls on the team had attitude <laughs> so it was a really it was fun though the b <laughs> it was the b team <laughs> you could hear whatever you want after that <laughs> but, it was it was a great great opportunity to learn some team building because uh, you had to kind of be together if there was some kind of uh, conflict that arose, which typically happened. Um, yep. So that was really fun. Uh, so I was able wow. to um, do that, and all of these things that I did, and you know, I was I I did all of those um, candy bar sales, you know, like when you wow. used to do the like walk for MF. There was yeah things at school that you would do and I would get really stoked about that uh, <laughs> like really excited I you get excited wanted, yeah like world's finest chocolates was like <laughs> my jam so I was like wow I was a candy bar slinger queen so I would get everyone to buy the candy bars because they always wanted to win like cool big prizes you know you want to go to lunch with your principal you want to do the dog you know the <laughs> dogs I won the dog you know and that, wow. was, that was really fun for me too um so I found out really really young that uh, I loved 
I love the idea of connecting with people and, you know, just competing. I mean, honestly, I, I liked a little bit of competition. And I found that out when I was doing those candy bar sales, you know, trying to be the best, you know, and getting recognition because that's how I thrive. I thrive on recognition. I found that yeah. out really young, really young. So that was kind of my young. Really? Wow. Yeah. And my relationship with my mom, um, my mom's great. And we have a very, um, we she comes from a different generation, you know, so it's a very different mm -hmm. mentality about things. And so it's been a lot of uh, boundary setting mm -hmm. and a lot of personal growth and development for myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, she was a huge motivator for me. Yeah. And she even knows it. Wow. It wasn't necessarily purposeful. Mm. It Interesting. Was the opposite. So again, part-time she ended up working for uh, the college for a really long time she did that and she my mom's a really amazing worker bee right she is a hard worker when she is at a place you know she was there for 17 years she's loyal wow she goes in she just does her thing and comes home and she was never really like wanting to get manager or she never really wanted to be in leadership she kind of wanted to just lay under the radar wow one of those yeah and that was great for her um because she was really good at that you know she was really good at it um my mom has never really had a lot of friends never really been a big you know focus for her uh she's my dad you know, they've been friends. That's like my mom's friend is my dad. Wow. <laughs> like it or not sometimes. <laughs> it's the person she spent the most of her life with. Wow. And so she would go out. Her idea of a night on the town was like going to Bunko. Wow. Girls once a month. That was like her night out. Wow. Well, she's sim she, she lived a simple life, it sounds like. Yeah, and she still does. You know, she lived a very um, simple life and didn't necessarily want to, she wasn't really big on stepping out of that. Wow. So there's a, there, we actually have a lot more in common than we already have mm. because you talk about your twin sisters. Mm -hmm. And all along, I did not know that they're twins. I thought that. Or just one person that's always on the photos with you on social media. <laughs> I have seen your mom on social media on your photos, but I had no idea that there's two of this similar look, right? They're, yep. they're identical, right? Well, no, actually they're fraternal. Fraternal. Yep. But um, all along, I thought you only had one sister. So that's great to kind of uncover through this podcast. Um, yep. And you help raise them because you were sort of the big, bigger, bigger sister because of the six year gap between yep. you and them. And they were little fragile babies. And my youngest was a three month premature baby. Oh, so wow. 
Okay. So although you were a sister, you still went through the same thing as I had gone through. You were exposed to the same thing. Yeah. Right? How, how, how much did your sister's weigh? 3.1. So I'm going to flip it around. Okay. You talked about your mom. Um, how did that shape you as an individual? Even though it's sort of counterintuitive because she wasn't necessarily as competitive as you are, as ambitious as you are. And another thing in common is my mother was like your mom. Mm. And she never really held a job. She always, I mean, she sold some stuff. She was in the open market selling some dress chicken and all that good stuff because she had no, my mom didn't have a lot of options. She had a, didn't have a lot of education. And the things that she had gone through had made a huge impact with me, but in the exact opposite way. Mm. So I wonder if that was the way that, like you said, she was your biggest motivator, but I wonder if that was, uh, that had motivated you to do the exact opposite or to just thrive in a way that she ne never thrived. Yeah, I think, and then that's what I was kind of getting to earlier is about that whole, um, you know, sometimes when you see the things that you don't align with, that actually impresses in you the want and the need to be different. Yep. And that was exactly what, I mean, there was a lot of things that my mom did really well. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I had a phone call come in. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of things that my mom did really well. Um, and... I, I just looked at the world differently because of that. Exactly. So, you know, the closed minded, uh -huh. yeah. being in this little circle and bubble, it never really appealed to me. Uh -huh. And it's funny because I'd always kind of felt that way anyway, but it really didn't click that that was the case until I got into sales when I was 18. Wow. And that's when the world in my eyes really started to open. Uh, wow. It was always a very can't do kind of mentality. Wow. Like somebody else can do it, but we can't do that. We don't have right. money or we don't have the education or we don't have this. Or yes. It was always, you know, our circumstances are given to us when in reality, we both know that that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. We create it. You create, you create it. Every it. Single thing you do is created by you. Yeah. You 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 get what you tolerate, right? And you allow what you allow. And I and I hear you loud and clear because with my mom, and I was hanging out with my mother-in-law yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when I hang out with my mother-in-law, we talk about my husband. <laughs> and we talked about like the thing that happened to me in my childhood and how it impacted me now had was because of what I saw my mom go through and sure. what my mom went through was, you know, when, when, when my husband and I have an argument and the voices gets louder, I, I, it just, I become really small when that happens because that's kind of the environment I grew up where my 
father was always away and when he came home he wreaked havoc and he threw chairs and it was just really violent his aim was never good because he was always drunk but he um but you know as a as a little girl growing up watching that it, it really affects you so when that happens between me and my husband i was telling my mother-in-law that that little girl inside of me stand up and say i am not my mother like I think psychologically it stands up and say, I am not my mother. Therefore, I will not allow you to talk to me in that manner. Therefore, I'm going to be, I'm going to battle back. You know, it's like the strength in us. I, I think, I mean, you can speak for yourself, but for me, it, it's, it's coming from that environment and that I will not no longer allow that because my mother allowed that type mm. thing. You yeah. Know? I, I could definitely see that um, in you, especially. Uh, so my own experience, my mom was super strong. It was really funny because my mom was not very, you know, motiv motivated or she, she had a very, you know, limited view of what the world looked like. And she was always judged by her mom. Wow. So it kind of all comes down. You know, she was always judged that she was never good enough. She wasn't the best daughter. She wasn't the, wow. the oldest of her kids. I mean, of her family. And so she mm -hmm. was, you know, my, my grandma was always judging her. And wow. so the judgment she's always held in herself. And so she's always judged that. So she hasn't wanted to take risks because when she takes risks, she can fail. Wow. So instead of, you know, using that energy to focus on control in, in the outside world. Right. My mom was in control of the inside world, which was wow. our home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my dad, he, he was gone during the day every day because he worked full time. Right. You know, so he'd come home and want to sit there and just decompress and <laughs> watch TV. So my dad lived on the, the TV. So he'd go to wow. work. He'd come home, he'd watch TV. He's a gentle guy. He is not violent at all. Never got violent. Um, was not really involved in the parenting aspect until like mm. mom got to the point where she just couldn't handle it anymore. And then she... <laughs> but most of the time, my mom was a disciplinary. My mom was the one who was involved in the, our lives. My dad wasn't. He was there. But he was so mentally, you know, just done when he got yes. home. Yes. I, I, There's I four see. girls. Four girls in the house. Wow. <laughs> so all this, like, estrogen was just, like, flying all over the place. <laughs> and my dad was just, like, an innocent bystander. <laughs> and coupled that with the fact that my mom was so um, not, the only thing she had real control over was my dad. Wow. Because my dad would just go along with the flow. You know, she cooked his dinners. We had family dinner every night. Wow. He, she was the one who cleaned the house. She was the one who did the business matters. She's the one who's going to take control. So I did get that from my mom, and I will tell you. And that's been years of actually um, not only harnessing that and utilizing that as a strength, mm -hmm. but also recognizing when it's okay to allow others to live their own life. Well, right. Yes. To accept them as they are, you know, and, and, and not do for them. And that yeah. was one of the things I took when I started raising my son, because it was, 
not, I, I never wanted to control him to the point that he didn't formulate his own um, skill set. <laughs> and so that's what happened with my dad and my mom is that she would do that. Like she would, like even to this day, she still yeah. tells him to put his leg under the table at the dinner table. <laughs> it's like a big kid. It's, it's, it's it's pretty standard. <laughs> and for me, I'm, I have really gotten enlightened and I don't do that. So that was a motivator for me because I'm like, it's better. And I've learned over the years that it's better to live as two people that are independent and that want to be together. Yes. Yes. So you talked about, um, racing your son. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that face in your life because now you're a mother right we oh, talked yeah. about your mom now you're a mother oh. and and how was that having a newborn at that time and take us through your motherhood journey well i will tell you so i had my son right after i turned 19 and that was I never wanted kids. Wow. Never. My whole time growing up, it never was anything I was interested in. And I had met the man of my dreams and we were engaged to be married and I got pregnant. And at that point I was like, well, this is what you do, right? <laughs> Family, this is what you do. Um, and you're going to have a family. It's going to be great. And, uh, I decided to keep him. And at that point, you know, because I had been, you know, mini mom to my sisters or whatever, I had experience, mm -hmm. you know, and so I was like, this is whatever, I'm going to do it. Um, and then, mm, I would say about four months after I gotten pregnant, I had found out that, um, my soon-to-be husband was not the person who I thought. Oh, wow. And that wasn't going to work for me. Because even at the age of 19, I knew my worth. And you knew your boundaries early on. I did. I did. And so uh, him and I decided to break up and not be together, but we would still you know, jointly, separately raise Donovan, which is my yes. And I basically grew up with my kid. Wow. We grew How up was that? Um, I looked at it as a responsibility. Mm -hmm. So at that point, it was... Uh, my job, so I looked at right. it as, I'd worked since I was 14 years old. So I looked at it as a job to make sure that I could get this little human from infancy to graduation and to make him an adult. It is a job, girl. <laughs> and yeah, it was a job. So I decided that I, one, I didn't want to be on assistance no judgment on people who are and mm -hmm. for me i didn't want to do that so 
I had a job. I had gotten a job um, out of high school working at Circuit City. And it was a great job. I mean, it was a great paying job. It was a sales job. And I luckily was able to, I mean, at the time I wanted to be a hairstylist. Wow. That, was my, that was what I was gonna do but until I got pregnant and decided I actually, I needed to make enough money because I didn't want to be on assistance. And I to be able to take care of me and my son. Um, at that point, I was already moved out on my own. I moved out on my own three days after wow. I turned 18. Wow. Uh, and got pregnant that that December. <laughs> wow. So, so uh, you are you have been living and growing up with your son as a single mom for since he was little. Yeah. Uh, for the first, wow. I would say that for the first six years of his life, I was truly just raising him by myself. And his dad was there sometimes. Wow. That's, that's, you know, a challenge all on its own. But I know with your personality, you are just so competitive, you know, in, in, uh, in life and in business. Like, I think, I think that as a single mom, even though like for me, I always wonder how do, how do they do it? Mm -hmm. But then of course, when I'm thinking about how I do my business, I do my business single-handedly and I have multiples, you know? And so I, I see those two parallels. It's like, this is how they do it is how I do this, even though it's not exactly the same, but the responsibilities are almost parallel, you know? So, so when did you, you said you, you were selling candy bars, you were a candy bar dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I was. So you've always been so fascinated with sales, right? So it, and really what it was, it was people. People. Yeah. I really liked interacting with people. It was fun for me. <laughs> Wow. So before we dive deep into the sales coaching that you currently do, tell me how you've progressed into creating impactful women's Northwests in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then now it's transitioned into impactful people because we want to include the, the men in our lives because mm -hmm. they are special as well. Yeah. And and then you just co-created, or I don't know if you were, you were the brain of the Women's Guide Northwest or Northwest Women's Guide. And, and I'm so excited about that. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. So tell me about those hoops that you're going through and how do you, they came about and all those good stuff. And then you can just transition into sales coaching. And I kind of, this is where I kind of came in in the in your sales coaching world where I got to know you a lot better, you know, and all these good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when I started in sales and I was raising Donovan and I was doing that for a job, I was kind of limited because if I wanted to make the income I needed to make, I needed to have a career where I was going to be able to make the income in order to support us. And I started out, like I said before, at Circuit City. And it launched me into a space where I was then fascinated 
by communication and relationships and personal development. So that was, I mean, I started my little personal development road back when I was 20 years old. And so I just kept learning and growing and learning and growing. And it was a challenge for me because I was in a very um, sales in, in where I was, was electronics, appliances, um, mm -hmm. mattresses. It was a very male dominated industry. Mm. Male do like all of my managers were men. All of the people I worked with were men. And at that point, I mean, I was a fiery little single, you know, <laughs> 30 pounds, you know, redhead. Firecracker. Uh, yeah, a firecracker <laughs> with a lot of personality. Um, and so there was a lot of things and uh, challenges that I had to really develop myself to be okay with dealing with at the time. Uh, there's a mm. ton of sexual innuendos and, you know, mm. sexual expectations. And in order to fit into the guy's crowd, you kind of had to speak the guy's language back then. And mm. uh, so that was just something I developed. A, I mean, a really tough, like, like I, I think I posted the other day about feelings. Mm. When you show feelings around the guys back in the day, that was a sign of weakness. Oh, yes, I know. They took advantage of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but the, the thing about that, though, is that it develops this outer tough skin. And so you can kind of roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. And that kind of went along with the rejection portion of sales. You know, when you're building up your sales, you know, skill set, rejection, you have to be able to deal with. Yeah. So all those things, you know, and being in the industry and staying in the industry, um, I realized that that was, that was going to define me in a huge way. And that's a skill set. So wow. I started to really hone in on that skill set and develop the leadership and develop the personal development. And I was really into leadership. I really like my friends at work were managers and I loved hanging out with those people. It was just like where my head was at anyway. I was always kind of a company person, wanted to make sure that everything was right across the company. And so when I stepped in, in 2013, I stepped out into the world of outside sales. Wow. And I started to meet and network like I went to three events a day for three months straight. Wow. Well, I needed to find out, you know, I started in a new industry. I had no idea about who was the, like, who my target market was. I was in digital marketing at a startup. Wow. I yeah. I didn't know my target market. I didn't know digital marketing and I didn't know where, or what was going to happen. So I was always nervous about sales and outside sales. So I'd already said wow. And so I started to, at these events, I would run in to all of these like-minded women. Wow. And I was a manager for seven years um, at a male-dominated company, and I managed women. Wow. It was a very different dynamic. So at that point, as you know, I have a very uh, strong personality. Yes. You and me both. Yes. And some people can be intimidated by that. And some people mm -hmm. react differently because of their own stories around it. Mm -hmm. And so 
when I came into outside sales and I was out there networking and I started meeting people like you and like Barbie and like Lonnie and all these like driven, positive, like collaborative type women, I was like, yep. yes. You're like, I found home. I found my people. I was like, this is amazing. And it was like, I just wanted to suck it up. I wanted to <laughs> and surrounded by all of these amazing women. And I was like, men are fine. I knew how to deal with men. I knew that, no problem. But the women I was so refreshed by. And so I'm an efficiency type of person. Uh -huh. I'm all about utilizing my time, the most effectiveness and effectively. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm just going to make, you know, these networking things, this is nothing. I'm like, so fun outside sales. I'm like, so what you're saying is I just going to build relationships with a bunch of people. Right. Uh, Sign me up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's me anyway. That's my personality anyway. I mean, I was networking or referring to people back when I was 18. Yes. I can only imagine how many people I'd sent to my hairstylist. It's ridiculous. I know. I can't even get an appointment anymore. <laughs> that kind of, you know, when I see something I like, I tell the world about it. Yes. And so I was like, I love these women. I'm going to get these people together. And so I just started a meetup. I just started doing social hours. Wow. And I wanted it to be something that at the time there wasn't any other networking that crossed the bridge. And for my mm. job, for my business, I was on both sides of the river. I was on Portland. I was in Vancouver. So I was, I wanted to create something and I found like, oh my gosh, there's all these women over on this side of the river and there's all these women yes. on this side of the river. Let's bring them together. Wow. Enough of the segregation. Let's bring it together and have these people connect. And so I decided that I wanted to do it on both sides of the river. And that was wow. great. Um, and so then through that, like I started to build this following and networking and all these people started coming and I had all these new connections and I was like growing and you know, my, my main goal in life when I was at um, my last job was to expand my circle of influence. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at my, my vision boards back in the day, it was how can I expand my circle? Well, mm. I, I did that. And like I said, I always gravitate towards leaders or managers or people who are like of that mindset. So at uh -huh. all of these events that I would attend and all the people that would come, like I wasn't just like networking with the people who were willing to say hi to me. I'd be the one that would go up to the speaker at the event and be like, hey, let's be friends. I know. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's, it's like, uh, go straight to the source. <laughs> exactly. Like, I would Wow. Mama was at an event. I would go up to her and be like, what's up? Let's be friends. Yeah. Like, it doesn't you know, phase me, the hierarchy of society or, you know, but I'll still, I'll do the same thing with the, like the janitor or somebody who's unemployed. It doesn't matter. because There's not, no label. There's no label. It's not for a purpose. Yeah. The energy connects. Exactly. It's where exactly. energy is. And that's why, it's how I've grown it. To where yes. now, and then bringing in, I can't do it all on my own. So bring in other mm -hmm. people who are like-minded, like me. 
Yes. And making yes. those connections. And then from that, fast forward fi almost five years later, mm -hmm. I've gone and made friends with all the people that run organizations because those are my people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Francine Reed with Voices, um, she does a huge event in Portland. If you've never been, she brings in amazing speakers. There's like a thousand women that go to these. It's called Voices Inc. Wow. And uh, we got together for coffee because obviously we're like, we got to hang out. And she is a completely different generation than I am. So she's much, much um, older than I am. And she's been around a long time. I think Voices has been around for 20 years. So it's ridiculous. Wow. Um, wow. So I was like, tell me about you. It's like, she told me about back in the day, there was something called the Pacific, like a, a Northwest Women's Summit, where a lot of the leaders from the, the, the different organizations locally got together on a quarterly basis. They talked about what challenges women were facing in the business in the, in the, in the area. And mm -hmm. it, it went along for a really long time, but it kind of fizzled and then just kind of went away. Mm. So that wasn't, it wow. wasn't sustainable. Uh, or sustainable. So I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> like, huh? I was like, yeah, let's do that. <sighs> so I'm not even joking you. She's like, oh, okay. You know, it sounds good. I could see it in her eyes. She was like, yeah, that's someday we'll do that. You know, I could feel <laughs> like not kidding you. By the end of the day, I already had a Facebook group invites. Um, we had uh, so like everything, I had everything. I had a meeting set. I had a lunch meeting. I had a, you know, I had a location to host us. I was like, no, we're going to do this. We're creating the Pacific Northwest Women's Summit. And Francine's like, oh, I didn't know you were serious. I'm like, <laughs> I don't play around, Francine. I love people that move fast. Because like, I'm, I am not an analytical. I don't know if you are. Um, not really. It depends. I, I, I go I'm back. organized, but not analytical. You know, I have my organizations. I have my systems in place. I, I have, this is why I have to have systems because I'm not, I don't have that part of the brain of me that works really good. Right. Well, so I depend. It's not your strength. Yeah. It's not my strength. And I depend on systems and that's why I have to create systems. But you said something about outside sales that made me smile because a lot of times I think that people that are not in the realm of the networking scene or they're hiding in their office can sometimes see, see us as just like, I want their job. They're just having so much fun and they never work, you know? And I love our jobs because it doesn't feel like work when you are out and about, but there is a lot of work behind the scene <laughs> that, um, that happens. And I, and I was just talking to my hubby about it, that we, we work very hard and sometimes we don't have a paycheck for weeks. And then all of a sudden these hard work, that exposure that we do happens down the road, you know, but, but the work that we do is very different than the work that other people do. Mm -hmm. And they perceive it as we don't work. We just have fun. <laughs> and it really is hard work. You know, as much as it looks fun, 
I think that it needs to be communicated that we work our butts off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it requires those things. Then you also said something about when there's a speaker, you approach the speaker and, you know, you'll still talk to janitors and you'll still talk to the other people. But I think that's the part of us that intimidates people mm-hmm. because we immediately go to what's aligned, you know, what's aligning for us. We connect with those people and we're not afraid to go approach it mm-hmm. to tackle it and i think that's a really good quality of a leader in to be able to um and we don't mean to be intimidating we don't you know and if you are it, like you said i want to be i want to know them it's really cool to pick people's brain oh. don't you like thrive on that i love doing that hearing people's stories yeah in fact most of the so time- when did you create impactful women in this journey what made me create that? When did you create it in this journey? Like what made you create these impactful women events and impactful people events? Well, I mean, at first, was that part of, yeah, it was just, I mean, at first it was just to create. So with impactful women, it was just to create a group of women that were positive, like-minded, collaborative and supporting each other. And um, I wanted it to be, you know, non-commitment. I didn't want people to have to go. I wanted people to want to go. Um, mm. I wanted to uh, have a non-membership-based organization. Uh, one of the things I found when I started um, in the startup that I was at and did the digital marketing was that, you know, mm. my job was to consult with businesses and find out how to help them with their marketing strategy. And I would find that there's, marketing is very costly, Um and the return, as you said earlier, is mm. sometimes not immediate. And so it's like, you have to decide, are you going to spend the money and not eat for a week or spend the money and not, you know, go and do anything fun and then hope it yields the results. Right. Um, so it's really like this mentality of if you're starting with nothing and you have all these organizations that you have to be paying into and you don't get to see the results for immediately results immediately how do you do that it's like robbing peter to pay paul you're like where do i and so i wanted it to be something that wasn't going to be a huge investment and that's why i was like nope no membership um meetups come when you want to no commitment everyone can come together and support each other and i always wanted to be i wanted it to be a really fun high energy loving environment Yes. And the focus of the group is not on the agenda. Mm-hmm. The focus is on the people. You know, we do these events and every time we do surveys after the event, wow. you know, I like connect fest, we had a huge connect fest and it was like the survey results came back and the thing that the people loved like 75% more than everything else was the people. Wow. It's the job. It's the connections. And that was what the whole purpose was and still is. The purpose, the connections and the people and the growth. And I wanted to create these low cost, no barrier opportunities for people to do that on a very non-threatening, non-obligated platform. And it's just grown and grown and grown. I mean, we have like 2,700 followers and 
it's all organic. Like this is word of mouth. Someone yes. came to the event, loved the event, told their friend, told their friend, telephone, you know. And so, you know, we've been really trying to just maintain. You know, we don't need right. to be huge. We're not, my goal is not to take over all of networking in the world. My goal is mm -hmm. to have the best, you know, most available group for everyone to connect in this area. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah, I really like your Connect Fest. It's been, I've gone, I didn't go last year because of some family stuff that we, I think we traveled last year, but, you know, every time I'm in town, I'm always, I've always gone because it's such an enjoyable event. Plus, I see a lot of familiar faces, you know, and you get to hang out with some people that maybe you haven't hung out with in all in one event. <laughs> it's Right? It's really cool what you've done, and I commend you for all that, Thank right? You. So now you've transitioned into having your own business called Impactful Sales Solutions, yeah. and I'm hearing a lot, a lot of great feedbacks surrounding the programs that you have really launched, and you started with, you know, the program where there's the sales program, and then now you have the managerial program, like just up leveling different programs for different people in different levels in their industry. Yeah. So tell, tell everyone about that and how that transition into now the Erica laws now that, you know, you have impactful people, you've talked about that. Let's talk about impactful sales solutions. Yeah. And so that's actually really fun because, um, I decided I wanted to be a sales strategist, um, in, just one night, I was literally sitting <laughs> home with my husband at the time. And I was like, you know, uh, I had gotten uh, laid off from a position where I had gone back to trying to just have a, you know, a nine to five mm -hmm. supervisor role in a call center. I knew what I, you know, that was my go-to comfort zone. And uh, I was told at that company that I was not a culture fit. Mm. And it was the best thing that they anyone has ever said because with the company I was with it was so off of where my mindset is I was like thank you thank you for telling me I'm not a culture fit because if I was I'm completely doing everything wrong at that point I was like okay you know I'm not a culture fit um I'm gonna figure out what I want to do next I, I mean I don't have a degree I have no education um I raised my son and I did what I did I needed to do in order to make an income. So I'm like, well, what experience do I have? You know, that I can mm -hmm. go do something. And he, I'm, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I keep at all these events, all of the impactful events, I keep running into these amazingly talented people. Like they're really good at their craft. They know, you know, about their industry or their product, but they have absolutely no idea how to communicate that to people and a lot of it isn't their fault they just they they're ignorant to it they don't have any kind of experience learning how to build value and how to training tips it's like it's no one's fault it's just not mm -hmm. that and i was like that's it I'm like, there's a problem there's a there's an opportunity Mm -hmm. I mean, I have all this knowledge and I built up the skin and I built up the skill sets and I built up 
you know, the ability to communicate and connect. And I've worked all this time on this stuff. Now I get to share that back. Now I get to help other people learn how to build relationships and build value and lifelong customers. I'm like, this is my jam. You know, I used to do all of the classes um, at my last company um, before that one uh, for onboarding for the uh, behavioral aspect of selling. Wow. And uh, I missed it. That was one of the things, you know, being an outside sales rep, like, I missed it. I missed teaching. I missed training. And so I was like, really seriously taking a look at night. I was reflecting. I'm like, what do I love doing? What do I want to do? Because in my point in my life, I am not going to do something I do not love. I would rather be broke. than. I hear you, sister. <laughs> I would rather be broke than be somewhere and spend my time conforming to what their idea of leadership or a good job is. Yes. And I will, and I did that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to start these workshops. I'm going to start doing these workshops. It'll be great. I have a ton of people who need them. I want them to be affordable. I want people to be there because they, they are willing and open to learn and they know that they don't have that skill set. Mm -hmm. so I, I want uh, personal development minded people that want to come through and add a skill set that I can contribute from 20 years of sales experience. And so I was like, I'm going to make these workshops. I'm like, cool. So I created my, my business, <clears throat> I had my business license and everything done within a half an hour because you wow. know, no, I know, I know, and I act. So I did it. I was like, oh, I have, I have a chamber membership. I'm going to start doing them at the workshops, at the chamber. So I started doing my workshops at the chamber. And it was funny because I think it was two, two weeks into my workshops because I was starting my business. Kelly Love at the time, who's amazing, uh, came up to me. She was a CEO at the chamber. And it's like, hey, Erica, um, I have this open position. You know, it's a marketing and events director. I think you'd be perfect for it. What do you think? And at that time, I'm like, well, I just started my business. Oh, so you actually already started before that position. Yeah, I started my oh. business three years ago. Three years ago. Wow. Before that's I was in there hosting my workshop when they came to me about the full-time position. Oh, okay. So at that point I'm like, well, you know, universe, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to have to do that. But I wasn't willing to give up my business. I was like, yes, I can do that. I'll be, it sounds like a great opportunity. I really wanted to learn more about marketing and I wanted to really be educated in that aspect uh, and learn more about that. So I was like, great opportunity and throwing events. I love throwing events anyway. I'd already done it for impactful. I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I said, the re I'll do this if I can still do my workshops at the chamber as my own separate business and work at the chamber. And she's like, okay. I mean, it's of value to my people anyway, members anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I did that and I started doing it. And so I've done it the whole time I was working there for two years. I did my sales workshops and it was wow. amazing. I loved it. And I would, I've, I've had so many people that literally have said their lives have changed just from a workshop. Wow. And that's what drives me. That's it's amazing. That's the, you know, seeing these results for people have just like completely blown me away. It's my life purpose. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. so then I 
that it was and then i stepped out in my business full-time in august congratulations that last august or this august one year today w one year today wow happy so my, one year anniversary full-time yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations that's when, yeah that's when i expanded out my programming uh because i'm very observant and i always pay attention to where the 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 needs are when I keep hearing the needs, it's ingrained in me as a salesperson. When I hear yes. the needs, I hear the needs, I have to find a way to solve them. Yeah, you have to provide that solution so that you see a problem. There's between problem and solution, there's that in the middle opportunity. And that yep. opportunity is something that, you know, that presents you. Here's a problem. Can you solve it? And I agree with you. I think that is your life purpose. Um, you know, when I, when I see you talk about it here, your smile tells me that you, that's it for you. Like, that's what you are supposed to do. Yeah. And then, and I, I just want to say, cause you said I don't have any degree or whatever. I always, I mean, I have a degree that is irrelevant of what I'm doing. I used to say useless, but I'm just going to say irrelevant because I it still looks good on paper and it's useful in that perspective, but it's irrelevant to what I do. And I, I don't even touch it. I don't use it at all for what I do. So, um, yeah, well, and, and you don't need a degree to be, to be successful. And I agree. And there's also some skill sets that I, you know, if I would have gone through a degree program, mm -hmm. I could have gained some other skill sets that could have been helpful for me. I have a PhD level experience in life. Yes, ma'am. So for that, I mean, that is where I thrive. That's what I really, I mean, we don't have enough time in a podcast to talk about life. We can talk about that in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like looking at your life and aligning it with your purpose. It's really about where have you felt the most like right? Yes. And that's what I did. When well, when, right. when you go through your transitions, because you told me, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more details that, like you said, we can't fit it in a podcast. When you told me into your transition, it's always necessary to get you where you're at now. Everything yep. that's happened to you. And if you think about the pockets of moments that, you know, the pockets of moments that we were happy, but yet we are forced. Sometimes it's the, it's what I call, we force our, our, our human body to do the things that is expected of us, like getting a nine to five job. Oh, absolutely. I and, but then our, our energy is not, is not at home with it, but then our, but then there's bills to pay. And you and I talked about this that in the beginning of my business, when we drove to tiger that there were moments that I would look for jobs because I feel like even though my soul says, this is it, yep. I feel like the, you know, the, the human in me says, this is not it. It's like yes. this constant battle in the head. Well, you know, I want to bring this just really quickly. Um, so as a mother, that was one of the things that was, um, that in the constant in the back of my head was to be a good mom. You got to be a supporter. You got to be a provider, you know, cause that's mm -hmm. what I did for so long. And it was the focus on, I need to make money to, to do this. It doesn't matter. It has to be steady. And I was on commission my whole life. 
so it was never steady, mind you. And my money management <laughs> from when I started were not the best. So it was really just like this constant like roller coaster, but that roller coaster was still steady enough for me. And so when my yes. son moved out of the house, it was like wiping that off my checklist and being able to wow. my expand my abilities um, to not have that responsibility anymore was the best thing. Yes. It allowed me to be like, I don't have to do this because of this anymore. I get to do yes. all of this. And it's different in our lifetimes when we have, you know, you have young kids, you know, that is a different, for some people that is a different, um, you have different things that you need to focus on. And mm -hmm. once you are not in that focus mode and you take it to the next step, then you have the ability to take all of the energy and focus that was there. And just like, when your kids grow up, I like, I don't even know if you'll talk to me anymore. Cause you'll be like, you'll be like Oprah. Like when, you're, like when you have the energy, I'm telling you right when you have the energy to like, to like take that, you know, attention, cause you're a really good mom. When you take that oh, you thank you. Lot of attention to your kids, and when you do that, you can have the time and the energy to, to focus that elsewhere and put that solely on, you know, you and your husband and your business. Holy shit. Like, well, thank you. I just want to say that, um, you know, you and I have the same approach because I don't want my kids to be, I never want my kids to be dependent on me. Like yep. I let them, I'm there for them, but I still let them make the decision I give them a lot of freedom in order for them because I, I want like what you, how you've trained your child is that when he became an adult, he moved out. Now he has a job. You've showed him the way though, yep. but you've guided him through it, but you never once allowed him to be codependent on you. And that's, that is what I'm training my kids for is that you can always figure out a way to make the money is just the detail. Money. You know, the money is a detail is part of the detail, but the big picture is, you know, this is your future and you're going to have to create your own future. Yeah. You know, I will tell you that is one thing about me though. Money in general, I have no story around it. The story is that it is abundant. Mm -hmm. And if I need it, it will come. Yeah. And There's no lack of money. No, it's abundant. It's There's abundant. a lot of money available. <laughs> money available and I've never ever in my whole life been afraid of not having it yes so I'm just like every and it always shows up every you know time. why because you're a servant leader you're a servant you've always have that mentality and when you are it just it just the energy flow it's the flow of the energy is, is money is part of all that flow yep. you know yep. so what is um I, I also want to say this because you are an educator yes. and that um, in sales, strat, sales strategist, educator, because I wrote some notes here and it, I wanted to say this, that if you want to change the world, they used to say, become the change you hope to see. But then I come up with this and say that if you want to change the world, teach to change you hope to see. So that's, yeah. That is what you're doing. You're teaching and you're impacting other people's lives through your knowledge. Yes. You know, because you want change in a lot of the small business. Small businesses are lost. 
they are they are great at the one thing that they are great on florists coffee makers whatever it is that they're caterers whatever it is they do but that piece that you provide for them is so it's so priceless yeah you know and i appreciate that you don't charge a lot of money for it because it's accessible to many a lot of them can't afford a lot and i love that you provide that service to them. I give you, I give you a lot of kudos because you do a lot for your tribe. You do a lot for us, for the community. And I thank you for all of that. I'm grateful how you show up in this world, Erica, you inspire me. I watch a lot of your sales tip Tuesday. <laughs> and when I watch your sales tip Tuesday, it reminds me of our late night <laughs> messenger. <laughs> messaging back and forth 11 p.m 12 a.m because we that's the part of the work that no one sees right yep the hard work that we stop no no when you love what you do though there's no stopping like i get bored so i have to do the things that i love yeah you so similar in that aspect i have a huge congratulation for you for for just standing in your purpose and not caring about what you know what what's out there and not caring about what society expectation is and that's the tribe i love yeah i love to hang around myself with i the circle that i love to hang out with and um you're i mean sky is the limit sister absolutely you know so thank you but before before I let you go, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Um, what are you grateful for, for the mother that your mom was? And if she was listening to you today, what would you tell her? I really didn't expect I was going to make you cry. Okay. I'm going to be honest. It's that time of the month. This is- <laughs> <laughs> I caught you in the right. I, I always say Erica is like me, very tough woman. And, and I, ha- I, I haven't always, I really didn't see myself to, to make you that emotional because you have, I've never seen that part of you. You know, I don't even know what to say. Um, Let's switch gears and then you can maybe think about that a little bit. Let me think about it. Um, Donovan. Oh, yeah. If Donovan was listening right now, he's young. He probably can get a hold of your podcast easily. What would you tell Donovan? What, what message would you tell your son to always carry with them no matter what? Oh, that's easy. It's the, <clears throat> use your strengths. 
because sometimes our biggest strengths are our greatest weaknesses. And uh, he's got all, he is, he is a kid that you would not even believe. He's like, he's us. Wow. He just doesn't have, you know, he's got, find the areas where you need to work on and focus on them. Mm. Focus on your strengths, use your strengths, do your thing. You know, Gary V always talks about it. Find your strengths and utilize them, but acknowledge the areas where you can utilize the most um, skill set. When you need the skill sets, work on that still, but use, you know, use what you got, kid, because, yeah, he's got a lot. Don't burn the energy to try and, and, and spend too much energy and time into your weakness. Right. Is no, what you're saying. And work on it, you know, improve upon it, but use your skill set because kids got maxi. Wow. Yeah. So do you, do you think you got your, I know what okay, I'm go. My mom. And it really is, you know, the, the strengths that she had and she showed in the household was amazing. Mm. I would love for her to expand out mm -hmm. and open her eyes up to the world. Mm. It's not all the world's out to get you. Not all people mm -hmm. are bad. Mm -hmm. You know, people are good and you can find the right people to be around mm -hmm. that'll lift you up. Be open to the lift up. If you're open, it, it just, it'll blow your mind. That's what I would say to my mom. It truly does. It truly does. Thank you for that. Oh, take a moment. <laughs> that was beautiful. What last question? Okay. We went over because it's just too good. <laughs> <laughs> what is your definition of a mother hustler? Ooh, definition of a mother hustler. Honestly, I feel like a mother hustler is a, a, a woman or somebody who is playing the role as a mother um, that can effectively manage their time, that can, that has really mastered or is working on mastering change management mm -hmm. because that is one of the biggest skill sets. Change management is a mother hustler. Mm -hmm. Someone can like, have your kids screaming at you one minute and then head off to a meeting in the next minute <laughs> and be able to navigate both problems at the same time. That is a mother hustler. Mother hustler. I... And also, let me continue on that definition. <laughs> Who can still see at the end of the day, the end goal and all of the obstacles are like nothing. They're just, Amen. they're just an obstacle. You just got to maneuver. It's all about strategy. Wow. That my friend was an amazing definition of a mother hustler. You definitely are one. As High are five and kudos to you. Thank you. 
thank you for being here today. Thank you for showing up like you do in the world. And I can't wait to see what you, I mean, the best is always yet to come, right? Yeah. Can't wait to see what else you do. And I'm here to support you. We're here to support each other. Yes. I just want to say thank you again for showing up today this way. It was a beautiful interview, Erica. Thank you. Yes, and you know, thank you for coming at me in an emotional time frame. I appreciate you. <laughs> there was a show that was like, man, oh, Jerry Maguire. And he was going on the radio show and he's like, that guy's not going to make me cry. That guy's not going to make me cry. And you're like, boom. <laughs> so that's you. That is you. Awesome. I hope that you have an amazing week and we will connect and hang awesome, out. Awesome, girlfriend. I'll see you around, okay? Love ya. Love you. Bye, everyone. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day.